Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Professor X. One Magneto. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You're home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. It's episode 143. Magneto was right. Mm-hmm. Also, Wendigo was right. Wendigo! Yeah. I, I guess I'd have to be like Guardian, I guess. I can't, like, Alpha Flight fought Wendigo a lot. Or Wolverine. Mm, yeah. X Men, a little. Sa- Sasquatch. Sasquatch. There, 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 I think we did. Didn't we do it? I swear we did a Sasquatch bit at one I don't, point. I don't, I don't, I don't think we did, but who, who knows? That big brown furry guy. Yeah, we're not, we're not archiving this exactly. I don't know. We need some sort of robot or slave that tags all this stuff. Hey, Handsomites, how you doing out there? Thank you for just moving on <laughs> awkwardly after I promote slavery. Thanks. <laughs> Very important. Thanks, Robbie. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, we are reading Punisher Max, uh, the entire Jason Aaron and Steve Dillon run, 1 through 22, in book club. We're discussing that later on. Um, looking forward to that discussion. Uh, we will, But before before we do that, Eric, we do the thing we do every week. Mm-hmm. And that, that's all. Let's talk about, I mean, it's... Still, it's the same, really. It's talking about comic books, but it's newer comic books. Before we talk about comics, we talk about comics. It's crazy, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, yo, yo, dog. I heard you like comics. <laughs> Put some comics in your comics. Mm-hmm. So you can comic what you comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, without further ado, it is time for Weekly Flopping. Weekly Floppies is the part of the show where Eric and I will review a selection of this week's books and tell you to buy or do not buy them. Uh, we may or may not involve a mush meter if we're feeling mushy about our thoughts on a book. You know, it goes from one to five. Sometimes there's decimals involved because, you know, we disagree. It's how averages work. It's how dividing by two works. Mm-hmm. There's only, well, I mean, if there's a third person here and they were also talking about it, mm-hmm. it'd be even weird, harder to do. There would certainly be a decimal involved. Be thirds, a lot of thirds. Yeah, point three 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 three. three repeating forever. I was gonna say you need to cut your losses there. Oh. So how about this book? <laughs> how about this here book? Our first book of the week is Micronauts number one, written by Colin Bunn. Breakdowns by David Baldian. Finishes by Fico Osio, Max Dunbar, Jack Lawrence, and David Baldian. Colors by David Garcia Cruz. Joanna LaFuente, Thomas Deere, and John Paul Bove. Letters by Tom B. Long. Um, why so many artists? That's uh, that's a lot of people that worked on this book. It's, uh, I mean, it, it, it's one issue. It's the first one. Like, it's not, I, you could just put it out like a week, th- couple weeks later, mm-hmm. theoretically. Um, that, IDW stands for I Don't Wait. I guess not, uh, but... Do you have any experience with the Micronauts? Not even a little bit. I was going to ask you the same question. Nope, none. Appa- apparently, it was was it was it a show? 
I like in the late seventies. I know it's a toy line. Yeah, maybe that's all it was. I don't know from reading Colin Bunn's Twitter, he was very excited about writing their comic book. Well, I mean, it's I think it's clear he's done a very good and passionate job. I mean, this is not the most amazing comic book. It's 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 got some Colin Bunn hallmarks and it's good. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I'm not overwhelmed by delight reading this book, but it is, it's, it is a toy line that then had, then had comics written about it. That's weird. Mostly in Marvel hmm. uh, until 1986. Um, but I had had no experience with any of that. Uh, I basically agree with you. I think mm-hmm. it's very well put together. Like it tells the story very well. Like you, Get a reasonably uh, decent-sized cast of characters that you kind of get a good handle on. Um, it's... I don't know. I'm interested enough to want to read more, I guess. Is, hmm. I, 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 at, I don't know. I, I got pulled in more. I, I don't know. Like, the plot of this issue isn't necessarily that exciting for the most part. But I want, like, the stuff that's around the issue... You know, like the weird thing that's eating planets, mm-hmm. inevitably eating planets, and the big uh, armored dude, evil armor guy, and like they find a, like a big robot that has a dead guy inside at the end, and like that's really interesting to me. I like, I'm, I don't know, I this, feel this like this guy's armor dark side, armor dark side is. is that who it's, that he's, is? He's armor dark side, Baron yeah. Baron Karza. That's his name. I like Armor Dark Side better. That's me going by the character sheet at the end of the book. Oh, I know. I, I, yeah. it sounded like you were saying a thing that was real. I'm clearly making something up. Are you? Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm like a mushy buy. I would say. I think I, that being said about so many artists, I didn't really notice like that. There's like considering there's but theoretically four it, people, the art doesn't look like drastically different from page it looks, to page. It looks, no, it does look very similar, but it looks like it's the same person really foaming it in on a couple of pages, which I don't like that. No. But it does mesh together pretty well. It just gets really simple in some parts and in some parts really badly drawn. I, I don't know. I, uh. It doesn't help the book. It does not. It, it, it really just it makes it it suffers by that so yeah i i would say like i'm on like a buy like a mush meter three like i'm saying like this book is competent i would give it a few issues to see if it really hooks me i think uh i'm a buy with a two that was the number i came up with my head before you said three so i gotta stay confident and stick with that number well can't have you influencing me of course not how how dare how dare you don't be a flip-flopper, Eric. Mm-hmm. Don't be a John Kerry. Don't change your mind about anything, ever. Ever, ever. ever. Don't ever don't ever take in new evidence and change your mind. It's bad to do. Don't be a flippity-flop. Hot takes from elections mm-hmm. from eight years ago. From, yeah. Well, six, well, 12 years ago now. You sure swift-boated this episode. I did. Oh, my God. Okay. We're double by Micronauts, Mush Meter 2.5. Got enough of that. The, the election cycle, uh, mm-hmm. the the simple the simpler times when we didn't have to deal with Donald J. Trump, only on television. Yeah, the internet too. People can't get enough of his dumbass. No, I mean, but he was only on. He was in The Apprentice. He wasn't like a all powerful force of media. It seemed. 
Yes, then he was only the president of our hearts. He was only in the WWE uh, storyline. Oh, God. Good he, Lord. He shaved Vince McMahon's head. I'm glad someone is. <laughs> no, that was a while ago. Uh, our next book is Power Lines number two. Created, written, illustrated, colored, and lettered by Jimmy Robinson. Uh, there's other. Gail Follinsby is Craft Services. Credit on this. I don't, maybe she just cooked Jimmy dinner or something. I don't know what that means. But uh, we read the first issue, and it was a very strange thing that felt like it could say something if it was channeled correctly. Mm. And this book is also a strange thing that feels like it could be saying something if channeled correctly. I think it's uh, considerably better than that first issue. I mean, it's not a super strong comic book. But it doesn't make me want to. It doesn't make me confused whether I want to vomit or not. Like the first <laughs> issue, I feel like it's getting closer to what it wants to say. It, it still feels pretty green, though. Yeah, I I don't know. Like every time I was starting to get on board with this book, like something would happen in it. I'd be like, okay, like the end, the last final. Like what? Why suddenly there's a drive-by going on? Mm-hmm. Why? Because the guy ran away. I don't understand. I that that seems to be a, a very sudden shift in the how the book works when suddenly, hey, the guy that he was hanging with like two days ago is now like going to murder him and his family. I didn't. In the social commentary stuff, it sometimes is like is good, and other times really clunky. Have you ever watched The Wire, Eric? I have not. It's a, a, a very very good television show. Uh, mm-hmm. it, parts of this remind me of that. Um, but the why, it, it's just, it's like, it was, that show was able to jump around. Obviously, it didn't have superheroes in it, but it was very much like, hey, follow around different people in the same area as they deal with different aspects of, in, in that case, drugs and the drug trade. Mm-hmm. And it used that to, like, tell interesting stories about society. And this feels like it's trying to do the same kind of thing by having these, you know, two very disparate people paired with these powers. But it just can't seem to get out of its own way. I don't know. How do you feel? What are you? Where are you at? Honestly, I don't think this is an amazing comic. Um, So I, I can't just go full on by without a lot of mush. I mean, it's... It's interesting, but if I stop reading here, I think I, I I feel like my my curiosity from the last issue is a little bit is it's a little bit more quenched now. I don't know that I need to. I don't know that I want to read the next one, but this is not bad. I mean, if I was going to land anywhere, I'm probably a buy with uh, maybe four instead of five this time. Okay, I I, I feel gonna, like you go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's going to come down on any side of that fence. I would say I th- I agree with you in the same sentiment that I my curiosity is quenched, but I it just makes I don't, I don't know I I'm not interested anymore. Like that mm-hmm. it doesn't it hasn't gone like oh now I want to read it. It's now it's just like oh okay this is what this is and I I don't like it that much. So I, I'm I guess I'm a do not buy. It's not and it's not a bad comic book necessarily. It's it's. It's okay. It's just I don't not interested in really what it's saying that much. Mm, it's it's not uh, no. It's not the strongest book in the world. There's better comics to spend your money on. 
So that is a mushy split decision? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, another number two is International Iron Man number two is our next book. Uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art Alex Maleve, colors Paul Mounts, letters Clayton Cowles. Uh, you were very strong in that first issue. I was a little mm-hmm. wishy-washy you, you, about it. You, you more or less didn't like it. That was my impression of it, how you walked away. I was... Did I say do not buy or was I mushy, very super mushy buy? I I feel like you were do not buy, but honestly, you could have gone either way. I remember you like actively disliking the book and saying this is – I don't understand why this book is a thing. I I, I do remember saying like I don't care about Mm -hmm. what was happening. I I don't know. Whatever – the stuff that's in this book makes me much more interested in this. Yeah. I, 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 I like this issue a lot more than that number one. Uh, I think largely because it has, it shifts a lot of the folk, like it uses, I, I think my problem with a lot of that first issue was, hey, it's like, look at college age Tony Stark doing stuff. And you get very little of modern Tony Stark. In this book, it's more split evenly. And you get like Howard, you get more of like the universe around it. You get how you get Tony's adoptive father how you know the howard Stark. yeah yeah you know you get all that you get more of his his him in modern times in this suit it i don't know it it was maybe i don't know it's more superhero-y to a certain extent i don't know what and there's more spy stuff going on it's not just like he's a young kid and he's naive and this is more like him meeting these the the actual family we get the aftermath of him after he jumps in front of those bullets and you know it i'm a buy on this now i like i don't know this has the right mix to make me care maybe i just needed more time with the story i don't know but i i like it i'm a buy i do think this is a stronger issue than the first one um and i did enjoy the first one so i don't know everything's going in the right direction really like the scene with him and his father yeah i did too I, that, I, that probably, I don't know, like, my issues with Bennis and his, and when he does small character-based stories, I'm always, I always enjoy those more than his big ensemble books, um, and that, that I do enjoy the scene with his father a lot, um. I think, like, this is sort of where I imagined it going from the beginning. I could kind of see this direction underpinning this. I didn't, so know, I, I didn't I, know. I don't know, I, I, I didn't, uh, I don't know, I, I, I was happy from the beginning. And I'm happy with this. I'm glad you enjoy it more because I sort of figured this is where it was going to go. I didn't know what, like, maybe this, I didn't get a sense. I didn't have a sense of how the story was shaping. Like, I didn't know the shape of the story, I mm. guess, because it was so much focused on young Tony and we only get a, I don't know. But I'm a buy on this one. It's good. And uh, Malie, Alex Malie's art, I've always enjoyed it. I think it really suits the book. He works really well mm-hmm. with Bendis. They've had a long, they have a long relationship and working together, you know, creative relationships. So, bye. Double bye. International Iron Man, number two. Our next book is, you ready, Eric? It's a bit much. Avengers Standoff, Assault on Pleasant Hill, Omega, number one. What is the purpose of all that? Uh, I think to put a new number one out there and put I mean, the put the Avengers name on it so people see Avengers see it as a number one more people buy number ones and the Omega is to separate it from like Alpha and all the other ones you know they've done well that's that's so good mm-hmm. it is it's still just... super clunky uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> written by Nick Spencer Daniel Cunha with 
uh, Inhel Unzueta, uh, artist. To see Daniel Cunha with Matt Wilson doing colors. Clayton Cowles on letters. Um, a lot of stuff happens in this comic book. Mm-hmm. See, this sets in motion. I, I'm guessing this is like a hey, fair warning. Civil War is coming. Civil War Two is coming soon. Uh, we get a we get Quasar, a new Quasar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shield former Shield agent now now Quasar uh, has the Nega bands and now and and basically uh the the a basic introduction to the Jim Zub penned Thunderbolts book that will be coming out of this as well with uh with Winter, Bucky as Winter Soldier and uh, I guess with that little girl who is a Cosmic Cube as as well. Mm-hmm. Cube girl. Cube girl. Kobik. Mm-hmm. It's not a good name. Um. Uh. It's yeah. It's doesn't doesn't look like a little girl's name. And also two Captain Americas. Yep. Which I mean that's been in solicitations for a while now, but mm-hmm. we have officially. Hey, we'll just be both Captain America. There's two Spider Mans. There's two Captain Americas. Hey, why not? Sure. Why not? Have um. Double, I, I I I support it. Double cap. Mm-hmm. More cap for your money. And uh, I. Like this one more than all the other ones of 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 these. It's a good comic, isn't it? Yeah, it 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 jug like it juggles all that stuff pretty well, honestly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Spencer wrote all this. Yeah. Yeah. He's. I like him. He's a very talented man. Um, he is. I I I like the art as well. Um, I. It's still weird seeing Deadpool as an Avenger, but um, mm-hmm. that is not anything wrong with this book. Uh, it doesn't bother me, honestly. I think we've both agreed that we like Deadpool, uh, not just Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> De- De- Deadpool and Friends is better than just Deadpool. Or yeah, particularly when the story is mostly and friends. Yes, when with Deadpool a, with a with a little bit of Deadpool, a little bit of Deadpool and and Cable too. Cable, I didn't. I Fred forgotten the Cable was an Avenger. He didn't. He did not make a sound in this book. He just showed up with a gun and arm. Yeah, standing around looking pretty, mm-hmm. looking like looking like a big collection of pockets and a glowing eye. A glowing eye. But I, I mean it. It looks really nice. It tells the story really well. Uh, I still am super hesitant about how Civil War Two is going to go, but uh, I'm, this book itself is is very good. And all these have been all along. I think we've been pretty positive on these all these assaults on Pleasant Hill, whatevers. So I'm a buy on this one. This was, I like this one more than anything. Actually, I felt like it had higher stakes and was like really was mo- well paced and mm-hmm. all that. So. Bye. Really, anything anything good you can say about a comic book, you can say it about this one. This mm-hmm. is this is this is solid. This is excellent. It's got little cosmic girls raging and hail Hydra. Mm-hmm. Get some some red skulls. Yeah. And Rick Jones got, in the ground, like Saddam Hussein. <laughs> Super topical. Mm-hmm. It's pretty delightful. Mm-hmm. You got Bucky being a creepy uncle in the woods. I particularly like the tea party with Craven. I, I know that's a really great panel. I I sincerely hope that like that becomes. I don't know. I want people to do fan art of that scene. I don't think Craven's in the new Thunderbolts team, but I would love it if he was. 
mm-hmm. that would be awesome. There's not enough Craven in the world. There isn't any. any is book. this is this like real Craven or is this That's like son of Craven? Son of Craven. That's okay. son of Craven. I think. I think. I'm fairly certain original Craven is still dead, but Son of Craven looks the same, acts the same, uh, has the same name. Except he sings Fat Bottom Girls. They really chose, for that promo, uh, for Thunderbolts, they really chose the Rob Liefeldiest, Rob Liefeldiest cover they could muster for that promo. I have to, is this in the, is it in this book? It's in the last page. I have to look at this. Damn it, where did I put that comic? I just closed it. <laughs> There it is. Oh, damn it. Although, to be fair, there's actually, you can see hands, but no feet visible, so. It really is Liefeldy. It's gross. That's terrible. Oh, my God. I don't know who drew it. I think it's actually too good to be Liefeld for the most part, but um, it looks like it took I... effort, Like, and I don't think Rob Liefeld tries us that hard anymore on, on most of his art. Although, it certainly seems in the same ballpark. Mm. I will just say that I don't care for it. Yep. I am right there with you, but I'm going to buy this book. This book is good. Yep. Double buy. Avengers Standoff, Assault on Pleasant Hill, Omega, number one. Now... It's got dizzy here and you read all <laughs> well, that. I, all the blood out of my head just from reading that. Our our, our last book of the week is... Uh, you ready for this one, Eric? It's pretty long, too. It's, it's The Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, number four. Mm-hmm. And credits in the smallest font possible. There we yep. go. It wouldn't be this book otherwise. Story by Frank Miller and Brian Azzarello. Pencils by Andy Kubert. Inks by Klaus Janssen. Colors by Brad Anderson. Letters by Clem Robbins. Uh, this is still really, I'm, I really like this. I'm, it, I, I think uh, it is a good book. I have cooled on it, if I'm being perfectly honest. Okay. I mean, I don't think it's terrible, but. I don't know. I don't know what it is about this issue. It's not like it's bad. It's not like it's not compelling. I, I don't know. In no way am I not a buy on this. It's <laughs> okay. not that bad. I, you know, I feel like it's too brief. There's a lot of action in it, which yeah. makes it move fast and like it go quicker mm-hmm. than a lot of the previous issues have had a lot more. Let's dialogue see. and narration, although there's still a good amount in here, but this is a lot of, there's, a, you know, the extended Superman getting beaten by his daughter, um, so. Full splash pages mm-hmm. of the Adam playing Jungle Jim on, uh. On Adams. On Tinker Toy Adams. Which I, I really like that imagery of him, like, trying to stop that, you know, him struggling as he gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. I don't know, I. I really like this issue. I feel I'm on board with this ride. I really like the Paul Pope cover. It's in the back. Oh man, that that Paul Pope cover. Yes, that makes me feel things. But I, I'm. I think as much as I want to see Paul Pope draw things, I want to not see Frank Miller draw things. Yes, I also we I we had a, 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 a I put this in the notes. I have a thing. I only saw this today. Mm-hmm. Uh, about uh artist James Harvey who has he worked on that one issue of uh why can't I think of the name of it the book the Robin book We Are Robin that the one issue that we really liked issue 4 um mm-hmm. and then he's also like an he's an editor on uh, the Bart Kira book which I actually I, yes. I own it's really cool um Oh I need you need to show that to me before you 
decide to move away. Yes, well, it, it looks it, it looks beautiful. It's really neat. Um, but he posted a critique today of of you know, well, it's a response really to I don't know everywhere I've gone online, whether it be Twitter or or Reddit or or various other comic book places forums, whatever online, many, many people very critical of Frank Miller's, both his backup stories and his covers for this stuff for, for that have been attached to all the Dark Knight 3 uh, stuff. Um, and it meant a lot of people really uh, basically just tearing it apart. Uh, mm-hmm. Not very, like, there have been a few people defending it, um, but most people are like, yeah, oh, this is really bad. And DC yeah. is just using Frank Miller for his name. And anyone, a lot of people just buy it just because it has his name on it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but then, um, Harvey kind of posted some, some of the covers, some of the different art that Frank Miller has done in, over the past few months for this book and then recolored he it. it. Look, he made it look not terrible. Yeah. He, and I see, exa- I know exactly who you mean now because I followed him, uh, immediately after I read Master Plasty. Yeah. He did that as well. Uh, which looks just like his recolored version of it. Yeah. No, he's, uh, I don't know, man. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I vastly prefer his recolors and I don't know. And I saw there's a lot of, there's a brief discussion on this on the comic book subreddit when he had posted someone or someone had posted a link to this and, uh, they had said, you know, well, it's Frank Miller is, he's allowed to do, you know, we're, he can make his art weird. That's fine. Uh, and with the recolors, it makes it mu- seem much more interesting and dynamic. But I, it's still necessarily not great, greatly suited for um, like storytelling. Like if you just if you did these as like one off pieces and then posted them on a wall somewhere in a gallery, mm. you'd go like, okay, that's interesting. But when it's like supposed to be like na- like a narrative, it doesn't work as well. But the way that he posted pictures, even from Dark Knight Returns, like hit Miller's unfinished pages before inks and, and colors. And he, he's, and he had Harvey argued, like Miller's always trusted his inkers and his colorists to do a lot of work, you know, to, to put their own stamp on it. And like, there was a certain example where there was a page and that a whole panel was just empty and the colors did everything in it. Mm. And even like, those are great pages. It's Dark Knight Returns is a great book. Um, and they like Harvey's art. I, I completely agree with, I, I still don't think Miller's, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I'm not going to say it's like objectively bad, but I think it's not suitable, suited for comic books, really. You, you know, like he can have a, his a weird ass p- picture, you know, art of Superman would look, work really well, like, hey, in a gallery, but I don't think it would work. It works as well in the context of, hey, it is a story about Batman and Superman. I would say I was going to post a link to this so that everyone could read it, but James Harvey has made it private after it got a lot of attention because mm-hmm. he didn't want to seem because he didn't want to seem like he was being overly critical of of the colorists who worked on this book, and mm-hmm. which, to be fair, Frank Miller did pick it. He he has his own. I mean, Klaus Janssen, I think, has inked Miller for a long time, but and Lynn Varley has been the colorist for all of Frank Miller's work for this stuff, and you know he picked he he picked his team, so you know he he does what he thinks best for his art. But I I agree with everything that James Harvey says in his in his. Well, uh, I, th- I think I think what we just need to say is James Harvey needs to color Frank Miller. I think I even think in his would, post he said he had, like had a, I think he had applied for the job or something mm-hmm. when this was announced. 
he had sent in his portfolio for uh for consideration. But I mean this book itself with a I mean I I still really like Andy Kubert's art on this. I think it it, it is very suitable for a a book in this lineage in a Frank Miller Dark Knight whatever book and uh, I really like where it's I'm still well on board with this book. I really like it. Bye. Mm. Still bye, Eric. No, I changed after we talked about it some more. Okay, good. All right. Flip flopper. Back mm-hmm. to the swift boating it up. Swift boat. Bat boating it. Oh, gosh. Uh, so double buy on DK3, the Master Race. Number four. Master Race. Still the Master Race. Don't understand why on earth you would choose that as a name for a comic book in 2016. DC have some sort of, like, some sort of, like, hey, no, we're going to call it something else. I guess not. All my Punisher comics just disappeared, so I guess we're not reading that. That's fine. We could just stop. <laughs> Forever? Doing anything? Mm-hmm. I mean, just, I mean, we have to fill that void with crying. Oh, okay. Oh, here they are. I found them. They're the ones that are Punisher comics. Oh, right. I only have, only have these, these are the only Punisher books I have. <laughs> yes, we all know that's a joke. Ha <laughs> ha um, but uh, that'll do it for weekly floppies this week. Did you read anything else, Eric? Anything else you want to mention? Negative. I'm I'm lucky I even got out of bed. I've been quite busy myself. Uh, but we can discuss all of that stuff in our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show where Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during uh, the not now two weeks we've been since uh, we last recorded. Uh, you know, make recommendations, talk about cool, nerdy things. Where, you want to go, Eric? You, you remember that thing you were supposed to talk about? Uh, no? I have, noth- I have nothing I can talk about. You went to Atlanta? I did go to Atlanta. How's it's Atlanta? Not really that. It's, it's super not interesting. It was, a pretty boring, uh, it was a pretty boring trip. You may tell you about eating corn chips and drinking margaritas. It does sound pretty good right about now. Yeah, it is pretty good. But, but, <laughs> but, but end, end of story. Oh, okay. It's not really a whole heck of a lot left. Corn chips and margaritas. Yeah. Period. Um, yeah. We did, we did do Korean style karaoke and I paid way too much for shots of scotch. Or, well, not scotch, but Japanese whiskey, excuse me. And we ate a hundred dollars each of, uh, Japanese food. Jesus. Yeah, it was pretty delightful. Celebrating my uh, my brother's PhD, He's now but I have I have I have no media I can make any recommendations for. It's, it's uh, I don't know. It's just feeling like I'm gonna die all day. That's not good. It's not the best, but you know how it is. We should probably just move on to you, there, buddy. Oh, okay. Uh, I I beat Dark Souls three. I can't no. I didn't know that was humanly possible. It wasn't that bad, honestly. Um, huh. Once you get past. Um, the the watchers of the abyss uh, watchers of the abyss are the worst I think the abyss abyss watchers of the abyss I think are the worst boss in the game but I think that's kind of consensus at this point everything else was relatively not you know once you get the pattern down it's not so bad I think I was over leveled by the end of the game honestly um, I've also been playing a crap ton of Enter the Gungeon <laughs> really like that game the game's a lot of fun. I get in a few runs every single night. Gotten, I've gotten to the final boss. I've not beaten the final boss. The, the final boss is named the Drag Gun. That's, I believe I would have put that back with the drawing board a little bit. It throws, at one point it pulls out knives, throws the knives into the wall, and then the knives pull out guns and start shooting. 
Yep. <laughs> I don't know. I really like that game. That game's so much fun. What's uh, it called? Enter the Gungeon. Yeah, we talked. Yeah, we, you did I talk mentioned about it before. That. Yeah, I just those the two last two games I talked about. I'm still playing. <laughs> well, Enter the Gungeon for that, sure. That's the problem with doing a weekly podcast is you want to keep doing things from week to week. This is just sort of, I don't know. I I can't really talk about how I'm watching Community again. <laughs> I'm also, I believe, I'll believe people know what Community is. It's a good it's a good show. Pop, pop. Uh, well, in mentioning your brother, I am now playing D&D, officially. My brother. Your, I remember your he was, yeah, he was looking for that person. I'm like, just, just, just get Robbie. I know Robbie will want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yes, you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, he, like... He's like, it was like noon or something on on a Sunday. He's like, hey, you want to be in DD at three? I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, sure. Actually, he said, do you want to? If you come at one, I'll help you make your character. He was there pretty much the entire time. Yeah, he's really, really into D and D. I I didn't get to audit that session. Did you? Did you? Did it? Did you record it? No, we I wonder did not if he recorded it. it. I did not record it. At least. Um, I wonder if he did. I'm I'm a half orc. Cleric of Kelimvor, who is the god of death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I sound like Nathan Explosion and or Christian Bale Batman. Mm-hmm. I have a ghost of a small boy inside of me. So that's, I think we all do. Well, that happened recently. I, I, I was not born with that. I, I acquired a ghost of a young boy <laughs> and his bones. It's, it's not your, it's not your inner child. No, he's a skeleton. He's inside of me. I, he was talking to me as we were in this house. It was a haunted house. We fought his mom and dad. They were ghouls. Mm. There's also a trash monster in the basement. We did not fight the trash monster. We ran away. You got out of that uh, trash compactor, huh? We it was a tr- it was a struggle. We had to. It was the house was turning. It was rotting around us as we escaped. It's very harrowing. Mm. Now we got to keep. Now we got to keep going and try and go fight D and D Dracula, D and D Transylvania. It's important. He did say it was. Uh, it's it's like it's like uh, Simon's Quest. It's like Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was thinking about Castlevania the entire time. What a lovely night to have a curse. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is. It's a horrible night. No, it's lovely to have a curse. Lovely. You're you're lovely. I know that. Thank you. I'm trying to think. I'm going to see Civil War next weekend, but that's not out yet. Mm. I'm probably not going to see it. I've heard it. Early reviews Until- are great, but we'll see. Eh, I haven't watched the movie in a long time. Did watch Deadpool though. How was that? Oh, you didn't see it? It's pretty good. Okay. No, I did not see I it. I thought I thought we talked about it briefly. We did not talk about it whatsoever. Hmm. The the nice thing about Deadpool is that it doesn't try and do too much. It's it's very simple and that was kind of refreshing about it. It didn't really try and be too big. Just was nice. Was it too Deadpool at any point? Not really. Okay. That's my, my only, was my only concern before mm. I saw it was like, if I'm, am I going to get halfway through this and be like, eh, okay, I got it. You like, we, we know jokes. They're funny. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it never really, it never really got on my nerves. I suppose I thought it was, uh, was good and consistent throughout. It made me laugh. It wasn't overwhelming. It wasn't like reading a, uh, uh, Brian Posehn Deadpool comic. <laughs> I mean, I went to an NXT show. I did that as well. 
I know. I'm was, so jealous. It was very. That was a lot of fun. It was a good I, show. I also sort of don't care, but uh, it's weird how I can exist in both positions at once. It's a sign you're a rational person. I suppose that's true. Or uh, one of Scrotenberger's cats. One of them. Scro- Scrotenberger's cats. I think I believe it's pronounced Scrotenberger. That sounds about right. Yeah. You ready to talk about the Punisher, Eric? When am I not ready to talk about the Punisher? Good. Oh, that's hey, they announced they officially announced the Punisher spinoff. So that is I know that is fun stuff, isn't it? We'll see what who knows what when it's gonna come out and what it actually how they're gonna make how it's gonna be structured, but it's is it it officially is it going to I mean, I think it was at this point was kind of a foregone conclusion that they were gonna do something with him considering how Daredevil season two ended and how well he was received, John Barrett mm-hmm. as the Punisher. So, but now they've announced it officially, but with that, I mean, short checking in, you know, we've been, been busy and been doing things that aren't easily checking in Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure what I will, I'll have civil war to talk about next week. Um, we can talk about the Punisher. How about that? Frank, yeah, that's Frank, okay. Frank Castle. Uh, we can move on to our final segment. It is time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I will assign a longer collected work, discuss it in depth like you would a book club, except it's a comic book. That's how it works. This week we are doing Punisher Max, uh, one through twenty-two by Jason Aaron, and Steve Dillon. The entirety of Jason Aaron and Steve Dillon's run. Uh, this is basically picking up where uh, Garth Ennis left off for the most part. There was a little bit of stuff happening after Garth Ennis left his Punisher Max series. I think there was a few volumes of stuff we didn't dis- we we discussed all of Garth Ennis's stuff. We didn't touch on anything that happened afterwards. But this is basically picking up in the same place. It's Punisher is aged in real time. He is still a Vietnam veteran, uh, but in this case, he is facing off against actual Marvel. Villains, even though they are more a max take on a on these particular Marvel villains, Kingpin in particular. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question, Eric. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'll, let me say I'll posit something, and you can agree or disagree. Mm-hmm. This book has the most character development for a Punisher of any Punisher book I've read. Considering it actually has like he has a character arc, yes. Yeah. Considering it actually goes pretty deep into who he is, and I will say that those were probably the most interesting parts about this book, where it shows him how he came back after the war. Basically, he was already the Punisher, and he was sort of looking for an excuse to be the Punisher. Which is... That that was actually very interesting. It's not the commonly accepted Punisher Mm -hmm. backstory. You know, generally it's accepted that he loved his family, he was trying to, he was going to be a good family man, but then they got killed and he turned into the Punisher. But this book is very much, no, he's always been that. Mm -hmm. And it just, that just was an excuse for him to, it was already happening before his uh, family were were killed. Um, How, I I don't know, I'm sensing some hesitance about the rest. You said that was the most interesting part. You did not enjoy the other parts as much? Mm. I mean, it's a Punisher story, and I think, I don't know, I do, I do like it, but at the end of the day, it's just, these are not my favorite stories. 
I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say that there are any parts that I didn't enjoy it, but this is probably the thing the thing that I've enjoyed the least from Jason Aaron. Mm, okay. Even, even, Not to say that even... I was going to say, what about Original Sin? I don't count that. I, don't th- <laughs> I, th- I think that it stopped existing. That doesn't... It's like, it's like Rocky V, it just didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. I think this Kingpin... It, it's reminding me a lot of the Vincent D'Onofrio Kingpin. Yeah, it's very... It, it's certainly closer to that than the normal, you know, Marvel Universe Kingpin mm-hmm. is, for sure. Especially yeah, the mean, stuff with his father. Yeah, the, the the flashback scene that looks exactly like the boy they got to play uh, to play in, in the Daredevil version of Kingpin. Yeah, that all that stuff... But even like even more so in this book, he it re- reminded me of him basically becoming Kaiser Soze, mm-hmm. where you know he's like, "We'll do anything to keep to c- gain and keep power." Like that scene where he lets his son die so that he can take out the boss. It se- reminded me directly from Usual Suspects. Mm-hmm. So I. Take from what it's worth. I mean, that's it's a good comparison, I guess, because he is very much wanting to be the kingpin of you know he's the kingpin. He wants to be the king of kings. Wants to control everything, much like you know supposedly Kaiser says he does in Usual Suspects. So, do you enjoy this more than Garth Ennis's Punisher? Absolutely. Okay. All right. No, no, no question there. And I don't necessarily dislike Garth Ennis's, but I just think that. I don't know. There's a lot of miss with me in Garth Ennis. Like I think he's very good and he can craft a good story, but so many of those arcs in his Punisher Max, I thought were, I don't know. They they left me kind of cold. It's so weird seeing seeing uh, Frank Castle in Preacher World. Yeah, I was gonna say like I know it's it's not Garth Ennis. But see Steve it, Dillon it, drawing this stuff and then having – having like, I don't know, Bullseye in particular seemed like he came straight out of – like he mm-hmm. could have existed – this Bullseye could have existed in Preacher somewhere. Easily. I feel like the Mennonite too. Yeah, I mean, he would have, well, he, yeah. He's a little – he's a little tame. Like there's – there's he it, it seems like he should have shat himself or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm or, not or upset like, about that. Yeah, I know. I, I think that's – I, I – Think that Garth Ennis is a little too obsessed with uh, shit and buggery, but I feel like. Uh, did you read the little aftermatter at, at the end of the last issue that Jason Aaron's like, "Hey, this is what I wanted to do, and this is how it happened." At all, mm-hmm. I, I read a little bit of it where he talked about, you know, this was the moment where I came up with the idea, and Frank mm-hmm. Castle was going to die, and yeah, and all of this stuff. But I, I think that that it gives a little insight into that. All that gross stuff is not all Garth Ennis. I think Steve Dillon had mm-hmm. something to say about the, the, like the hyper, the violence and all that, the extreme stuff. Like I think Steve Dillon, you know, everything's collaboration, but mm-hmm. you know, who, to what, to what, who, to what goes to credit, to credit, to who gets the credit for certain aspects of the, of the story. You never know. And I feel like this at least tells you Steve, like, I don't think Jason Aaron was like, Hey, make so that when the guy pops his eyeballs back in, they face different directions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before- no, that's, that's a, that's a very Steve Dillon joke. I, I definitely get that. The guy that, that drew arse face came up with that. Yeah. I, I, I agree 
so so much with what you just said. But it, I, I but I mean, I mean, this is, I, I think, I don't know. Steve Dillon gets, I don't know, criticized a lot because of, you know, Dylan face. You know, we've Dylan made face. we've made that same joke. But I, this book, I think, because he's he did a really good job in like delineating he, between the characters for the most part. He really is a good artist. I mean, it. I don't know. It's hard to explain why it is. It's I, I don't know. He's a good storyteller, and he just works. I don't know. I I like Steve Dillon. Mm-hmm. I, I I I can't defend it. He his characters completely lack appeal. They're horrifying looking at best. I do believe when we read Preacher, I said if I actually saw a person that looked like a Steve Dillon drawing, I would probably scream. They're horrifying and monstrous. But I mean, like, I think that's why, like, I think we even talked about it when we read through Preacher and that, like, his, like, this is an ugly world. Mm -hmm. The Punisher is a monster and everyone else in this book is a monster as well. Every, like, there's, I don't know if I think any of these people were likable. I don't, I can't, like, I find them compelling, but I don't like, they're not good people, any of them. They're all monsters. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, this makes Frank Castle more of a monster, honestly, in, in a lot of how, cases. How? How so? Well, I feel like, well, like what we, what I, what we were talking about when, when we started was, you know, how the commonly accepted Punisher's origin in the normal Marvel universe is that mm-hmm. he was a veteran who was good at being a soldier, but he came back and he had a family and he loved them and he liked being a family man. He didn't want to go back into that world, but he got pulled back in, and without his family there to anchor him, he is now a soldier against crime or, you know, whatever whatever twist the different people have done on it. Um, this, like that shit where he tells his wife that he is leaving her and then she gets killed, then? Like, that's super dark. And I, mm. that, like, makes it even more, like tragic he's more of a tragic character and like Mm -hmm. the fact that he's like so cold inside even with his family just makes it even darker to me like i don't he's like less human that like that's the only human thing about frank castle even in the marvel universe is fact he loved his family when he was with them he liked being there this makes it so like hey he was great at killing in vietnam and when he comes back all he wants to do is keep killing people and then his family's killed, so he keeps doing it. And the only thing Ooh. that only like that, I think I didn't really like most of the stuff with Bullseye. This Bullseye, I thought it was fine, but I think the one thing I did like about it was that at the end, Bullseye did understand Frank Castle. Mm-hmm. He's the one that brought all of that basically yeah. to light. We just sort of see it when he realizes it, and that kind of shows you like they're that that different. I mean, the only difference is Frank Castle murders "quote unquote" guilty people. Well, Bullseye just kills whoever he gets paid to. But I, I don't know if if this realization really makes him more of a monster. I think it it, it definitely does make him more tragic because it's just clear that he's just that. I mean, you you definitely want to say he's a mentally ill person, mm-hmm. but he's like he's like mentally ill with a heart of gold. This is just like complete sociopath territory that like he he just has he's just a completely thoroughly broken person and has no idea how to be a, a human being. 
And I think that's different. That that doesn't make him a monster. That definitely makes him more tragic to me. It makes him sadder. I don't know. I I I, I understand what you're where you're coming from with that. It's just I just think it's a little. I I just characterize it a little bit differently than than I think you do. I just I feel like it removes even more of his humanity. Oh, absolutely. But, but I just don't think that makes him a monster. Oh, okay. I just it 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 makes me. It makes me feel more empathy, not less, I guess, if I that makes sense. I wouldn't call it empathy, I felt. I, mm-hmm. I'm, he's certainly a compelling character, and I wanted to see the end, because you could, like, you. this is the, a Punisher Max the end story, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, seeing this incredibly driven sociopath you know, finish, finish this, his, his mission. And like, you know, that, I mean, there's a certain level of self-awareness there because he talks about him in Vietnam and going up against that, that one dude, the, the, the Vietnamese dude who was just like out in the jungle and had murdered like 40 people. And mm-hmm. so they had fallen and he had, was like falling apart. Like he had a knife inside his head and had been hit with a grenade and he was still coming after Frank. And you know, that's, Frank himself thinks about that a lot and like how far people can go even if they've absorbed inhuman amounts of punishment. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, that self-awareness is enough to, I think that's why he hasn't gone over to being bullseye, you know, that he still is, there's some sense of justice in him, but I don't, I, I don't know. Like I struggle to say empathy because I don't feel bad when he dies. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've, I just go well. That is the that is his natural like. Oh yeah. I I I like the fact that they did this. Like that this is that Jason Aaron finished this story that Garth Ennis started with the Punisher just dying. You know, not becoming a comic book character like Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's it's a like it's a thing that has become increasingly increasingly problematic with me when I'm reading Batman because. Like, they talk about, they go to great detail about how Frank Castle's body is, like, falling apart this entire book series, this arc, and even before that. But in this book in particular, he's much more, he's frailer than he was in Garth Ennis' run. Like, we we joked about in the Garth Ennis books where he (laughs) got shot and his rib evaporated (laughs) and he was fine the next issue. He was okay. He's like... <laughs> There's a rib gone, not broken, gone. And I'm like, and like that doesn't. That's not how people work. Like yeah. you don't just lose ribs and be okay. Uh, but yes. this book, it it has a realistic setting, and therefore it goes, yeah, he's 60 years old, and his body like barely functions. And the only reason he, the only way he can continue on is by just sheer willpower. And and. You do that in long enough, you're it's gonna catch up to you. Like, and they they actually talk about how he's fighting Bullseye and he's younger and faster, or he's talking about fighting Electra, and like the only reason he wins any of these fights is because he's just tougher and he takes more punishment. But it ends up killing him, and I mean, like it would, um, and that's something when you're reading like a Batman story and he's theoretically been doing it for years, and yet and he's just a dude, and he you would have severe physical problems if if you were they you can't have, i don't know we'll we'll probably talk about that next week in the next few weeks but um 
I don't know if I like this more than Garth Ennis' stuff. It's certainly, like, better character. You know, it's, it's, for a, for the Punisher Max, like, Garth Ennis is more of like, hey, it's an adult, quote-unquote, comic book. Like, there's more gore, and there's a lot of violence, and, and there's cussing and nudity and stuff, and, but in this book, it's more like adult, and like, it gets actually to the core of Frank Castle and lets the book actually have some ramifications on the character, which Garth Ennis' book never did, you know? No, it's it, it. We know about as much about Garth Ennis as the Punisher as we do about John McClane. You, you, you make fists with your toes. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, these Dave Johnson covers. I forget how much I love Dave Johnson's art. They're really cool. He's really good. He's really, really good. And his work is never like it's not constantly in front of me like so many people, but he's. Just got such a great sense of design. Really great mark making. He's so excellent. What do you think about Electra? She's, it was weird. Mm. It, it it was not what I was expecting. I guess I, sh- I should say. Mm. You know, I she just so I just correlate her so closely with Daredevil. Oh yeah. Seeing her in this book, and there's no Matt Murdock because he couldn't. Really, I, no, he really doesn't fit. No, he Daredevil's character doesn't fit in the way this in this universe really. You'd have to make him much different. Um, and you could do a Daredevil Max and theoretically put him in a story like this, but this is yeah. I mean, how would it fit into this arc? It would just make it really clunky. Yeah, exactly. So uh, her out of context of Daredevil is always just seems I guess strange to me. But you know, she's is. I thought it was a fun addition. Yeah, I thought she was. Uh, I thought it was an interesting take on the character. Yeah, I, I think her the fact that she was like playing all ends against the middle, and they were not afraid to kill her. They killed the shit out of her. Of course, it's the hand. So I wonder, mm-hmm. can they resurrect people in the in the Max universe? It's a good question. It doesn't seem like it based on this. No. Do you think we're going to see Frank and Castle Max? No, unfortunately. I Are think you sure? I think Franken Castle is a beautiful gem that is fine the way it is and it will always exist. I don't need it to mm. be. I'd love to see it on television or on Netflix, but they're not going to do. It. They're never going to get there. They're not. Gonna I do sincerely that. hope it never happens. I'd like to see it, even if it was terrible. Yeah, but they're never going to do that. That will never be. So, a... so I think what I think what you and I need to do is make a Franken Castle Swede. Oh God, that's 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 the correct answer here. That'd be really good. <laughs> Good in air quotes. That'd be amazing. Who's mm. playing Frank? <laughs> you or me? I don't know. I don't know. We should just change between the two of us <laughs> back and forth with no explanation. I probably have the better Punisher voice. Which one of us looks sexier in a, in a black skull t shirt? I don't know. I mean, can. can Sexy. Clank around and make uh, <laughs> make uh, Frankenstein noises. Well, you just need to get some cardboard wrapped in tinfoil. <laughs> Naturally, you need to. We and, need to get a stuffed and, a stuffed animal dragon to ride. Mm. It's very important. Yep. Got to get some uh, stand-ins for all the Nazis that get ki- get killed. Mm. <laughs> but then we got to have a cast of characters to play all the monsters. Mm-hmm. Someone's got to be the. 
Wolfman and and uh, y- y- Yusuf is the Wolfman. Uh, well, that's probably fair. He should probably be the mummy character, mummy whatever it is, and the uh, the little little mutant boy, the little that little guy, little kid that gets candy from Frankenstein. I don't even remember. I just remember Morbius, the living vampire. Morbius is in there too. We're off on, on we're off the rails right now. <laughs> Talk about Frankenstein Swedes. Pretty uh, pretty off the rail. Yes. Uh, there's going to be more Steve Dillon Punisher next week. Becky Cloonan written, Steve Dillon drawn Punisher, mm-hmm. which I'm looking forward to. The old Cloon. She's. I, uh, I, she's been she's been fucking slaughtering it lately. Yeah, and she's, I like, her. I'm, like, she has the constraints of being in the normal Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling, like, given free reign, she could write. She'd write something more hardcore than either Garth Ennis or Jason Aaron. She, she ain't afraid of that. This, I, I, I don't know. I, I, this is, I, I don't know. This, this, the, this is the end story that actually makes sense, you know, with the character. Like, Old Man Logan never made the sense to me as a, like, hey, this is a final, of course, now it's not. Now there's, now he's just hanging around with the, uh, the new X Men, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> but like in that type of story, never like contextually, they're always there's just so dark. Like that's the whole thing about like superhero books is that they don't end, or like you know that they're happy for the most part. This is like feels like the natural conclusion to the Punisher story. Like if this was the the final Punisher book that that last issue of Nick Fury like saying, "Hey, he was a good soldier. Throw dirt on him." Like that feels like how what the character should end with. This is better than original sin. I yes. <laughs> would be embarrassing if it was not. I think if Dave Johnson did the covers for original sin, it would be better. That's just flawed from the the concept. You know, you can't, it can't hold, that's not, a, that's not a Jason Aaron comic. Well, I mean, it I, is, you know, it's just, I mean, he's, he is like, hey, writing a Punisher Max story that kills the Punisher, I think this is, is. It's he, got a little bit more of his signature on it. Yeah, I mean, I, as most stuff of his does, but I think he mines mm-hmm. the most you can out of this. Oh, yeah, he does. He gets a lot of, he gets a lot of, finds a lot of gold moments in there. And it's definitely good that it gets beyond the John McClane. I like I I, I want to save little girls. Uh, Frank Castle. Yeah, he's not just the machine that bad guys get fed into, mm-hmm. which is basically the Garth Ennis run. No, absolutely. This is more like, hey, there's like depth there. It's a really sad person. Very tremendously depressing. Um, but I was, I mean, I. I was very compelled. This book went really quickly. Mm. I I really enjoyed the read. Any uh, Punisher fans, fans, if you like the, the the Garth Ennis Punisher Max, I think you should. If you haven't read this, pick it up. It's, I would really, I really enjoyed it. I would. Uh, it's still extremely gory. It's still it is a Max book. Don't give it to children, please. I'd say give it to children and then go to jail. Well, I don't think that you go to jail for it. Mm. Maybe. I guess depends. It does depend. Anything else you want to talk about, Eric? Mm. I don't know. You don't know? Mm-hmm. Good? 
Yeah, I'm I'm extra good. Okay. Comic books are good. Comic books are good. Uh, next week we this this week we were you might I don't know any eagle eyed listeners might notice we did not discuss the last issue of Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's Batman run, uh, a run which we have been up and down on. Uh, you know, varying opinions depending on what issue we were reading at the time, and the critical uh, thought is generally that it's that's really really good. Um, and I. Th- think that to give it its due we it, it has ended now officially we are going to be reading it for book club and we'll be discussing it in three big chunks uh starting next week so the first uh chunk will be the first three volumes which is one through 17 so uh the whole court of owl stuff and then the death the, the death of the family which is the first scott snyder joker story so those first three volumes uh next week scott snyder greg capullo's batman i'm we're gonna batman it up eric I cannot wait. <laughs> that does not necessarily match the sentiment I was getting earlier. Do you want me to sound more sarcastic? Yes, please. I cannot wait. I was about to say. <laughs> I'm ex- Is that better? Uh, yes. I mean, it's it's suitable. I I I, I, I even I I'm interested to see getting the entire thing, you know, all at once, I think, will give us at least a clear idea of what we like and do not like about it. Mm. I'm at least looking forward to, you know, slogging through it and trying to find some good. And I mean, it's not like they're shitty guys. So we'll we'll see how it goes. I think it'll, there'll be some good to it. Yeah, absolutely. Be good discussion at the least. So I I think that will wrap us up a short episode. I don't I didn't have to I didn't have Dark Souls to blab about for half an hour. Um, it's true. You can find us at handsomeboysatcomicshour.com. Find everything there. Links to all of our social media. Links to new episodes, obviously, all that good stuff. Uh, social media: Facebook, Facebook.com/handsomeboyscomicshour. On Twitter at hbchour. Uh, you can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. We are, of course, on iTunes. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Everyone asks you to do it because it actually does help. It, it gets people's attention. It goes up in the ratings, and people will find the show, if not, if you know, more likely to find us and, and listen, and we really like that. We are also now on the Google Play Music. <laughs> so if you're listening to us through that, Hello! Rate us and on that thing. I don't know how it works really, but we're there. We're I got an email saying it. So get sub- subscribe and rate. All those go all the same things apply. Mm-hmm. Uh you can find me on Twitter and Mixmaster Shiro. That's M I X M A S T E R C E R E A L. Eric, where can they find you online? Well <laughs> You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. And you can see most of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram, where I'm known as Easy Goodnight, and my Twitter, where I'm at Mr. Bad Example, spelled M-R, Bad Example. But so, ow. Oh, wow. With that, folks, we will call it a night. Have a good one. Rock and roll. Rock and roll.